The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. Well, we are in the final week of a series that we've been actually doing all year called The Story. And for the series, we've been tracing the narrative of Scripture. What's kind of the story that God tells in the Bible? And we've seen, like, first week we saw God creates the world, and he, he creates it good, but pretty quickly humanity rebels against him, and so sin and death and all manner of brokenness sort of enters into the world. And so then the, the central question throughout the Bible becomes, well, how is God going to fix this broken world? How is he going to set things right again? And all throughout the Old Testament, he says, I'm going to send a person, I'm going to send a guy, a Savior, a Messiah. He's going to come, and he's going to set the world right. And so then the New Testament is that story. That the Messiah, the Savior, the Son of God, we know him as Jesus Christ, came, and through his work, through his death and resurrection, he made humanity right with God again. That as we put our trust in him, put our faith in him, we're made right with our creator again. And that his ultimate end is to make all of creation right again. That he's going to bring his healing rule and reign when he returns. But before Jesus ascended back into heaven, he, he commands his people, the church, us, right, to go out and share and demonstrate the good news that he's brought us back to God and that one day he's going to bring his healing rule and reign. And so where we're at today... It's the last week. We're at the end of the story, the, the end of the story of the Bible, but, but we're actually at the beginning of our story as God's people now, as the church today, that we continue what was happening in the New Testament here. And so our text for today is from Ephesians, which is uh, one of the last letters that Paul, he was an early leader in the Christian church, first Christian missionary, and it's one of the last letters that he wrote, and he wrote to this church in Ephesus. And really the, the central point of the book of Ephesians is actually to tell the church through the ages what it means to be church. What does it look like to be the people of God now? And what we see in our text, the part that we're looking at, is Paul describes the church really as a place of peace. And he does that in three ways. He says the, the church is, is a place of peace, first of all, in that there's vertical peace between humanity and God. And then vertical peace leads to horizontal peace, and that's all aimed towards eternal peace. All right, so that's what we're going to see in this text real quick, is vertical peace, horizontal peace, eternal peace. And so, so let's get going. Let's, let's dig into to this vertical peace. Look with me at uh, verses 11 to 13. It says this, Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near By the blood of Christ. And so Paul says here, he says, hey, remember at one time, those of you that are Gentiles, you you didn't know the true God. You weren't part of the the covenant people of God in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel. You you didn't know who the true God was. You You were separated from him. You had nothing to do with him. But then he says, verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who are far off have been brought near. How? By the blood of Christ. Now Paul, in this text, he's about to get at how we should live towards each other, how we should live in peace horizontally. But he says, first of all, you got to remember that you didn't have peace with God initially. That vertically, there wasn't peace here. It's because you didn't know the God of peace. But he says, because Jesus went to the cross for you, 
Because Jesus shed his blood for you. Because when you were far off, Jesus gave up everything that you might be brought near. Paul says you get that. You put your hope and your trust and your faith in that. Then you have vertical peace. Then you and God are in the right spot. And see, that has to come first. Like, like we can't have hope of horizontal peace unless we first have vertical peace as our first and primary most important relationship. So I remember I was, uh, I was working at a, a Christian camp, and, and I, was, uh, I was mentoring college students. Uh, and there's this one guy there, we'll, we'll call him, uh, what should we call him, Jim. And, uh, and, and Jim, like, he's this dude, and he, he's working there, and he was doing his job. You know, it's a Christian camp, and so he's leading his Bible studies and taking care of kids and that sort of thing. Uh, but he was sort of not living with a ton of integrity. Like, days he had off, nights he had off. He was, he was off, you know, partying, underage drinking, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, the whole nine, right? And, and so that, that was kind of his deal is he's leading these, these kind of double life. But he had a really good friend uh, who we'll call Trevor. And Trevor's this, like, mature Christian guy. And, and would talk to him and be like, hey, man, you know, how, how are you living? Like, why are you doing this? Like, maybe, maybe you should change a few things. And, and I remember one day I, I sat down with, with Jim, and, and he said, you know, Gabe, I know you know that I'm kind of living this double life and, and, and not really that passionate about the work I'm doing here and really more passionate about just partying with my friends. Uh, he said, but I was talking to Trevor, and he said to me the weirdest thing the other day. And I was like, well, what would he say? And he said, he told me, you know, it's not so much that, that he wants me to just stop doing all the bad stuff. It's that he wants me to want to stop doing all the bad stuff. And he goes, I have no idea what that means. And, uh, and I said, all right, well, well, here's what that means. Here's what Trevor's trying to get you to see. He said, Jim, he wants you to see that your relationship with God needs to be primary. That's not just about what Trevor wants for your life. It isn't about what you want for your life. But he wants you to want what God wants for your life. He wants that to be number one. He wants, what you, he wants you to want what God wants for you. And see, the same is true for each of us. Like, like peace has to come between you and God first if there's any hope of peace horizontally. So verse 13, you have to see that Jesus' blood is shed for you. That he went to the cross for you. It's not just some abstract thought out there. But that he gave of himself that you might know God. And see, when you get that, when you get a taste of that, when you experience that sort of peace, it only makes sense then that you would seek to live in peace to, with others. And so that's why point one, vertical peace, leads to point two, horizontal peace. Look with me at verses 14 to 18. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who are near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father." And so I don't know if you caught that. Paul writes here the, the first verse, he, or verse 14. He says, he himself, that is Jesus, is our peace. And then he goes on and he says, hey, because of Jesus, there, there isn't this Jew and Gentile divide. That's what was going on then. Uh, but for us, there isn't this, this us and them divide. This isn't us good people over there and those bad people over there. No, no, no. It's God has created one new person through Jesus Christ. That the things that would divide people don't within the church. That he's given us peace with each other within the church. 
that we say, hey, I don't care what your socioeconomic status is. I don't care what the color of your skin is. I don't care what your political views are. I don't care what this is. We all know the same Lord. And so we all come at each other with peace. There's no hostility. There's love amongst those who are part of God's family. And so then it makes sense that if we have that towards one another, we would then seek to extend peace even more horizontally as we go out into the world, right? That, that we live in peace towards one another, and then that overflows into peace in the world. And so that's why, just if we want to be topical, the Christian right now has one word for Syrian refugees. Welcome. Maybe add five more. How can we help? Right? Those who've experienced vertical peace with Christ, we naturally extend horizontal peace to the world around us. That's just how it works. It doesn't mean we're stupid about it, but it means that those who've experienced vertical peace given to us in Jesus, we extend it to each other and then out into the world. And we do all that, not just for the sake of being good, but we do it actually as we look towards the eternal peace that awaits us. Look with me at verses 19 to 22. So then... You are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And so Paul says here, hey, you've been given peace with God through Jesus. You extend peace to each other and to the world. But all of that is aimed towards an end. It's aimed towards an eternal end. Verse 22, in him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Now what does that mean? Uh, well, in one sense, we are already a dwelling place uh, for God's Spirit, right? That, that we together corporately as the church are, that he's here with us right now. And individually, God says that his Spirit lives inside of us. But this says we're being built which means it's not done, right? Which means it's continuing to happen. We're continuing to grow into a dwelling place that's going to be fully realized one day. And what's amazing is at the end of the Bible, we actually get a picture of what that looks like. That in Revelation 21, the, the Apostle John, he, he gets a vision uh, for what he calls the new heavens and the new earth, what, what our hope for the future is going to be. And this is what it says. Look, look with me at Revelation 21. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And so this is the eternal peace we're headed towards. A place where God dwells with his people. Where there's no death, and there's no mourning, and there's no sadness, and there's no fear or violence or terror. No, no, no. All those things have passed away. There's just peace. It's creation the way God intended it from the very beginning. And so friends, like this is our hope. Like This is what we're headed toward. And this is why weekends like this matter so much to us. This is why central to our church is this idea of not putting butts in seats, but being sent out to demonstrate the good news of Jesus Christ. Because Thursday night we had 15 people here making blankets for kids who need to be comforted. And that's why we got people from our church right now that are serving a hot meal 
and hanging out with the homeless at church in the, under the bridge. And that's why we got folks that are going to go from this place and some that are already out there serving at Open My World and helping uh, a therapeutic writing center so that kids who, who need to develop better are able to. And that's why we've got people serving a meal to sick kids and their families at Dell Children's Hospital. And that's why we've got people going to a nursing home to visit lonely individuals. And that's why we're going to spend some time building boxes of love so that people who are alone on Christmas can feel a little bit of joy uh, from our church. See, see, we don't do all this stuff. We don't do this weekends because we have to. We don't do this stuff because the world's going to fall apart if a small church in Leander, Texas doesn't do a few nice things, right? No, we do these things because, because we've received peace with God through Jesus Christ. And so then it only makes sense for us to extend that to the world around us. And we do all of that in light of the hope we have of eternal peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would teach us to, uh, to live in light of the peace that, that we have with you. That there's no reason for us to know you. There's no reason for, for you to be real in our lives. But you've chosen to enter in. You've chosen to call us to be your own. You've sent your son, Jesus. And through him, we have peace. And in light of that, Lord, may we extend that to the world around us. May we extend that today. May we extend that every day as we look toward hope for eternity with you. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at actschurchleander.com.